Welcome to the Midwest Medium Podcast. I'm your host, June Hessler. This podcast focuses on the positive side of the paranormal and the supernatural. So join me as we dive into what most would describe as the unseen and the unknown. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Midwest Medium Podcast. I am your host, June Hessler, and today we have special guest Pete Orbe, also known as Paranormal Pete. So you will hear my interview with him coming up shortly. But first, I want to tell you about an, uh, an event that I have coming up on Sunday, September 17th. It's an in-person event in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. It's called Massage and Mediumship. And basically, my friend Holly and I are getting together and she's a massage therapist. You may have uh, listened to my interview with her a while back. Um, if you haven't, you should check it out. She's very fun. She's very dedicated to her massage work and she's very knowledgeable. Um, so she and I are getting together uh, on Sunday, September 17th, like I said, starting at noon. And she is giving chair massages to all of the attendees while I give a group mediumship reading. And we've done this before. It was really, really fun. The feedback we received was really great. And so we decided to do it again. Now space is limited. If you'd like to sign up, the cost is $60 and 50% of my, um, of my profits will go to angels among us foundation, which is a nonprofit near and dear to my heart. And you can learn more about it on my website, junehessler.com. Um, so if you'd like to sign up for this event, it will last anywhere between 90 minutes and two hours. Uh, last time we did it, it was a two hour event. We actually, I think went a little over that, um, but it will between, be between 90 minutes and two hours. And the reason why it's not an exact time that we're giving is because it really depends on how long spirit keeps me open. Um, last time it was two hours. I'm hoping for two hours again this time. Um, but if you'd like to sign up, email holly at vhmassage21 at gmail.com and I'll make sure that's in the show notes if you are interested. Again, the cost is $60. It's an in-person event in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. When, when your spot is confirmed, Holly will give you the exact address. Space is limited, so make sure you sign up for that. Now, my guest today is Pete Orbe, and he is a paranormal detective in Port Gamble, Washington. And I first learned about Pete when I was listening to another podcast that I follow called The Grave Talks with Carol Hughes. She's a really sweet lady, and I got to meet her last year when she let me practice uh, mediumship. And the reason I can share that is because she talked about her experience with me on her podcast. So it's already public knowledge. I don't generally talk about my clients because um, I think privacy is very important. So anyway, that's how I first learned about Pete. And I was so intrigued with his conversation on the grave talks that I wanted, that I reached out to him and I asked him to come on the Midwest Medium podcast. And to my delight, he said, yes. So a little bit about Pete, like I said, he's also known as Paranormal Pete. He has become known as Paranormal Pete and is a paranormal detective in Port Gamble, Washington, like I mentioned. He leads the popular ghost walks, special investigations, and coordinating the Port Gamble Ghost Conference. Pete became interested in the paranormal and supernatural 
after witnessing spirits at a young age, which I'm really excited to ask him about. I need to, we need to learn that story. The intrigue of this experience really piqued his paranormal um, interest, which was also piqued again later when he was in college while he worked at the Historic Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho, which you may have heard of. Um, it's also a very highly active um, establishment for paranormal activity. Pete is a member of the extended research team of PRI, which stands for Paranormal Research and Investigations. As a researcher and investigator, <clears throat> the paranormal, excuse me, the paranormal Pete show, say that five times fast, brings people's stories, evidence, and education in all things paranormal from the people who are active in the field of paranormal research, from investigation tactics, evidence review and equipment to psychic abilities, live readings, and how to use your spiritual gifts. Paranormal Pete brings you two hours of paranormal fun every Tuesday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific time, so central time, that's 10 p.m. to midnight um, every Tuesday. And we'll ask Pete when he hops on to join us exactly how you can catch what he's up to. So up next is my interview with Paranormal Pete Orbe. <laughs> Hi, Pete. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate your time coming on to the Midwest Medium podcast. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be uh, on your show. Now, when I first, um, I already explained to the listeners that I first learned about you through the Grave Talks when you were a guest with Carol Hughes, who I'm a yeah. fan of. She's a really sweet lady. And I was intrigued by that conversation because you are really easygoing, which <laughs> I feel like in this field isn't always the case. Um, so that's actually a big reason why I was so drawn to your interview. I listened to part one and I thought, oh, I got to listen to part two. And <laughs> it was really, really fun. So when I reached out to you asking for you to come on and you said, yes, it was a big deal. And I know we scheduled this a really long time ago and um, I've been looking forward to it ever since. So um, I have a bunch of questions for you. And when I was, you know, not only listening to the Grave Talks, your interview with Carol, but also my research about what paranormal Pete does. Um, <laughs> I was interested to learn that your first paranormal experience was when you were, I believe, age seven, yeah. which involved Native American warriors. Tell us about what happened. Yeah, it was um it was one of those experiences that was impactful at the time it happened, but probably even more impactful later in my life. Um, after discovering mediumship and what that means and what you should do. And so when I was about seven years, you know, seven years old and I used to go to Sedona, Arizona for the summers, uh, not every summer, but most of the summers. And so it was one of those times I was traveling with my grandparents in their mm -hmm. truck and we were in Northern Arizona where you got the adobe houses you know off to the side of the highway and really pretty beautiful area and just you know a lot of straight highway <laughs> at that yeah. part and so we're just driving down and all of a sudden these two native american warriors uh they even looked a little bit older too but they seemed like warriors they just appeared right in the middle of the highway 
you know, not too far in front of us and their backs were turned or facing us and they turned in towards each other and looked back at us, like uh-huh. looked at the truck. And my grandpa slammed the, the brakes on the truck. And then we got to them, I mean, very quickly and they just disappeared. As soon as we got to them, it's like we went right through them and they were just gone. And there was no sound. There was, you know, I know my grandpa was looking in the mirrors. I was looking in the mirrors like, uh, what happened? They, there was nobody on anywhere around. It uh-huh. was just us on the highway there. And then he turned to me and keep in mind, he's from a different generation. He turned to me and said, did you see them old Indians in the road? Mm-hmm. And at that moment, okay, I, I fully realized it wasn't just me who right. saw that, right. it, that he witnessed it as well. And that's what made my stomach kind of turn like, whoa, what just happened? Um, yeah. And then the next thing he said, after I said, yes, I saw him. Next thing he says is, well, don't tell your grandma. She'll, she'll get scared. And she was yeah. sleeping at the time this happened. She didn't even oh, wake she up. Oh, she slept on... through it. <laughs> he slept through it. Yeah. Oh, no. Even when my grandfather hit the brakes, uh, she didn't wake up. So, <laughs> but it was kind of like a thing between us that yeah. we never, we never talked about again. Um, and then later in life, discovering mediumship and, um, you know, getting my first psychic reading, uh, which triggered all this, this, all these experiences, you know, a Native American man was involved in that as a spirit guide to facilitate my awakening to things. Mm-hmm. And I am probably almost a hundred percent sure that guy, that spirit guide was one of the guys standing in the road. That's interesting. I I was going to ask what you, all these years later, if you were able to make sense of any of it. And I do want to ask you about your mediumship. Um, But first I I do want to back up. So you had this experience with your grandfather, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately your grandmother slept through the whole thing. Um, (laughs) And so at age seven, I mean, that's pretty young. And so that was your first really introduction into something paranormal or supernatural, something unexplainable. Now, it sounds like if I understand correctly, and and if I'm wrong, correct me, but it sounds like, you know, that experience at age seven was like kind of like a, a one and done situation. And then you were more kind of propelled into the paranormal after working at the, um, what is it? The Egyptian uh, yep. theater in, in Boise, Idaho. Yeah. When you were in college. So there's a big gap there. Now, mm-hmm. is, is there truly like, I guess you could call it like a paranormal gap in between age seven and when you're in your college years? Well, I, I guess yes and no. Um, I mean, at looking back, there's times that I can recall, like when I was in high school or in junior high and like, the overwhelming sense of like, um, well, I guess I like to describe it as like it's Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, in episode four, Obi-Wan, after the planet Alderaan blows up, he says he felt he felt the, you know, the cry of a million people. And there was there's days that I can recall where I was I was feeling stuff and I didn't know what it was. Uh-huh. And seeing people and like just thinking, oh, it's just my imagination. Well, who's this person? I've never known of this person before. I don't think I've ever seen this person. Just yeah. thought it was my imagination. So I don't know if it was a total gap. It was maybe a, a lack of recognition. 
I guess is the way I would put it. Yeah. For me, I think my um, situation is a little similar when I was younger, like junior high and high school, it was, well, everyone can see these things every, you know, so it wasn't <laughs> something that we talked about because yeah, everyone experiences this. And it wasn't until much later when I realized actually it was after I got married and, and I was talking to my husband about it one day and he's like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't see that. I was like, what are you talking about? Everyone sees these things. He's like, no, they don't. And, you know, I was in my late thirties at that point. So, I mean, I get it when you think you try to write it off, like everyone sees it or it's just my imagination and it's so much more profound than that. Yeah. 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 And, and, (laughs) but, and even in the time you're experiencing it, you don't realize how profound it is until some time goes by anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, (laughs) and maybe that, yeah, exactly. Maybe that's how it's meant to work to help kind of, I think, ease you into it instead of, you know, being, I guess, like hit like a ton with a ton of bricks. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, I totally think that could be the right thing. And some people get hit with a ton of bricks. Yeah. And, and it's just maybe not, it's their path to go that way. But yeah, no, I think most of the time, when you look back retrospectively, you realize, yeah, you know, the, the profoundness and also, yeah, like you're saying, how you got into it, it ha- easing into it. Interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, it's almost like um, we're kind of given some sort of like soft landing. Right now, right. now you do a lot of paranormal investigations in Port Gamble, Washington area. Yeah. Do you ever travel outside of the Pacific Northwest or do you mainly stay in that area and do your investigations around your home? Well, I usually around here, I would love to go all kinds of places. There's all kinds of places I want to go. I want to go to Tombstone. I want to go to Waverly Hills. There's, you know, tons of places I want to go, but I'm usually, uh, you know, I don't want to say stuck, but I'm usually stuck up here in the Northwest um, and, and, you know, do stuff in the regional area, you know, around Seattle and Port Townsend. So there's, there's a lot of great stuff up here. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of, you know, wanting to travel and investigate other places, I was just at the Stanley hotel in Estes park earlier this week. And so I would have, I didn't go for investigating. It was a, it was a family trip. And, um, so I was with my husband and daughter, so it wasn't like an investigation, but we did the ghost tour we toured the grounds extensively. So if that interests you, and if you ever have a chance to go, I would highly recommend the Stanley. Yeah. That's one of the places. How, how was it around the carriage house? Um, so the carriage house is now a restaurant. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, because yeah, I'm a fan of ghost adventures and I know Zach Baggins was there and, and investigated the carriage house a number of years ago. So now, it was funny. We were actually our first night at, uh, we didn't stay at the Stanley, but our first day that we went to to visit the grounds and check it out, we had dinner reservations at this place called the post chicken, which is in the old carriage house. Okay. And so we're there eating and I was like, Oh, I wonder where the carriage house is. And like, it didn't even occur to me at the time until later we walked outside and I saw the sign and it said carriage house. And I was like, Oh, this is the carriage house. They renovated. So, um, it's beautifully done. It, they've, they've done a lot of work. It's not, it doesn't look anything like it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that episode was on ghost adventures, but, um, it was quite busy. I wasn't opened up 
I'm sure for mediumship, you have your opening up process. You know, I was just there in my, yeah. my human form, I guess you could call it. <laughs> and, um, but there's definitely, I would say not being opened up, but being very sensitive to energy. There's definitely a different vibe there. Okay. A hundred percent. Yeah. Whether it's the carriage house or, um, the main building, um, gosh, I was just there and I forget, but there's that other smaller version of the Stanley between the carriage house and the main mm-hmm. hotel. Um, mm-hmm. we went in there also, and I mean, there's definitely a different vibe happening. So if you can ever investigate there, you really should. Oh yeah. I'd love to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's like such said, a beautiful place. Yeah. It's, I love hearing about places where you don't even get into the building yet and you feel it feels different. Yeah, You know, like just a different vibe at a place. I love hearing about those stories because it's not just the building. It's, it's everything it's, it's enveloping. And those are the, those are the good places to go try and get data and you don't do a psychic investigation, see what you come up with. Right. Exactly. I remember uh, one more quick thing about the Stanley. Um, I remember before we went into the building, we're outside the front of the main building and we're dumb and dumber fans. They feel part of dumb and dumber there. So we were excited about that. We like we're fans of the shining. So it was kind of like all these things all in one spot. And um, I'm standing outside the Stanley looking at the, the main front entrance. And I don't know. I mean, I do have like, even just doing that, not having yet gone into the building, I could feel, you could feel the energy, like kind of like, for me, it felt like coming out of all the windows. Like it felt like, okay. I mean, and there's people everywhere. It's definitely a tourist destination. I've never been to a hotel yeah. that's a tourist destination. <laughs> um, so that was interesting in itself, but it, I, you know, I'm taking my pictures and I'm looking up at this gorgeous building and I just felt, I, I mean, I, I felt like I was being watched and I, I guess that's the best way I can explain it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, it's a cool place. You have, you have, you have to go. <laughs> Plus the, the whole town is just beautiful anyway. So yeah, the whole area looks like it's a really pretty area. Yep. So with all of your investigating and giving your, your, the ghost tours that you do, mm-hmm. what's your favorite part of it? Is it collecting the evidence? Is it meeting the people? Uh, what's your favorite? I guess my favorite thing about doing all the tours and investigations is is introducing people um or giving people a refresher on the paranormal research investigating the approach um collecting data is also great but i think it's it's I think what I enjoy most is is introducing people to the paranormal and my approach to it mm-hmm. and the approach that I've learned from so many really good investigators up here in the Pacific Northwest. And so it's really fun to, when people leave the tour, that they say that they learn so much and that they think about the paranormal differently than they did when they got there. So it sounds like you help open that door a little bit further for them and hopefully they'll stick with it and do their own types of investigating or research that they find interesting or just be more open-minded yeah um in the world at large you know just being more open-minded um so i think yeah that i I really enjoy seeing people 
come in going oh yeah yeah what someone's gonna jump out and scare me kind of to her and then when they leave they're like wow i just learned a ton of stuff yeah thank you <laughs> and that that's such great feedback for you too because you know that your time is so well spent because you're educating people not yeah. only on i'm sure that the historical aspect of of the locations that you go to but right. also like you said to keep hopefully encourage them to have a more open mind than maybe what they came there with yeah. And that can be life-changing for so many people. I think, so I think what you, the work that you're doing is really important. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's um, I've been doing it for 12 years now and uh, it just, time has just flown by. <laughs> now, when you do your investigations, do you have a favorite go-to piece of equipment? I know some people say that their favorite equipment is themselves what yeah. they see, hear, and feel. Some people love the ovulus. Some people love the spirit box. Do you have yeah. a favorite instrument? Um, yeah, I like plain old audio recorder. Yeah. Um, I love reviewing audio. So it's the, I, I don't mind taking a lot of audio. Um, and yeah, I mess around with the spirit box. Um, you know, it's it's one of those devices that's really kind of poo-pooed in a lot of the paranormal field mm -hmm. um, because it is so circumstantial. Um, and I get all that, but I've had some interesting experiences with it, whether it was like insane coincidences. Yeah. Um, you know, then I've just had some really interesting experiences with them over the years. And my, I guess my view would be, you know, you either love it or you hate it. It seems like when you talk to people in the, in the paranormal field, they either love it or they hate it. And it's like, my thing is why not, why not try it? Um, nobody's invented a meter that says there's a 35 year old male spirit who died in 1855 yeah. <laughs> from a bullet wound standing in front of you. Yeah. Okay? That's maybe what a medium does, <laughs> but right. there's no meter that does that. So I think, you know, why not? Maybe, maybe over time we'll develop a, a more controlled way to mm -hmm. use that sort of communication in, instrumental trans communication, you know, to be able to utilize that better and maybe have more credible results. But for now it's like, why not? Right. Why and not for those, it? and let's explain real quick for those listening that might not know what a spirit box is. So essentially it scans, um, many different radio frequencies mm -hmm. in a very short period of time. And the idea is that the spirits can manipulate the, um, okay, I'm a medium. I'm not technical, but they can. <laughs> <laughs> so they basically well, think, can manipulate think about it that. Like, yeah. Like they're tuning in, they're, they're tuning into these frequencies. And I think if they can match their frequency and hit one, then they, then the they, idea is they can communicate a word, yeah. a phrase or a sentence through the yes. spirit box. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is, you know, it's so circumstantial because you very well could be just someone saying the right thing on a radio station and you get a piece of it. So it is pretty circumstantial, but uh, I, I do enjoy using it in short bursts. I don't do more than five minutes at a time with it because um, I feel like it annoys spirits sometimes too. <laughs> so. All right, Pete. Sorry about that. I lost internet. So we're back. So we're, we're back. talking about the spirit box. Mm -hmm. And yeah. how it's not something that you it's not something that you rely on too much. No, I don't rely on it. I do like five minute sessions. 
I think that, you know, any more is annoying to the people, <laughs> the living people and the people on the other side. Um, so I do like five minutes, no more than five minute sessions. Um, yeah. But it's interesting to me. It's just interesting to me. I've, I try and set up rules when I do a session, for example, mm -hmm. and I'll do yes and no questions. And then I really try and say, hey, if you want to give an answer, please say my name along with it so that I know you're speaking to me and it's not speaking to somebody oh, else. Oh, that's interesting. That's and, a good idea. Yeah. And I have captured audio evidence of asking questions and then things saying, yes, Pete, no Pete. Oh, wow. And so it's interesting to me. And if, if you can set up as many controls as you can, <laughs> yep. you know, uh, with, within, you know, going through all the radio stations, whatever controls you can set, it helps. And I think it makes, you know, the possible evidence more compelling. That's interesting too, because from what I've learned on the mediumship side of things is what comes through is what is allowed. Just because you ask a question doesn't mean you're going to get the answer. And Correct. so for you to be in the middle of an investigation and you've asked them to respond to you by name and you're being allowed that, I think really, um, in my view, would suggest that the spirits have a high level of respect for you because they are able to give you that, which is so specific, like you said, right. to you in a controlled environment. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's, it's. I really do hope so that there is a respect there, um, you know, where yeah. I, where I do these public investigations and when I'm doing regular investigation, uh, it's at a place called the Walker Ames house here in Port Gamble. And so I've been, I feel like I've spent almost between a thousand and 1100 hours in that house. And, oh, wow. And so I try uh, to be respectful of them. When I do tours, I tell everybody, you know, go in with the mentality that you're, uh, going into someone's house, you know, yeah. all that kind of, um, thinking going into. And so I think I have built up a rapport over the years with the spirits. Um, when I started working for the town, I told them if they help me, I'll help them. I'll help carry their story on and tell their story and um you know and, and share the story of the town that they were so proud of here and i think that that's all kind of built this re mutual respect and rapport it's weird <laughs> it's weird but well, it's cool <laughs> yeah it's it it is weird and it's cool and i think it's really important um i've gotten to know dave schrader a little bit over mm -hmm. the last few months and that's something that he talks about too is you know he's he he'll tell the spirits or the ghosts, whatever you want to call them. I'm here to tell your story. I'm here to help you in any way I possibly can help me help you help me get your story out. And I think, um, I think that's, I think that's really important. And that is the type of respect yeah. that you would show any other person that's living that might yep. be struggling with a problem. And, and yeah. you know, the, the spirits are living. It's just in a different dimension it's a, it's not here in the physical word world yeah. it's a, it's a different different way of living that yeah. us here don't quite maybe yeah. understand and so that's why people like you are out there investigating trying to capture all this evidence but i i think what you're doing um and it's what i what i've learned from dave is 
um, trying to get their story out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things that I've come to realize in the past few years um, is, and it's something I really, you know, try and get people to take with them from my tour. You know, when I was talking earlier about, you know, teaching, showing them a different way and, and a different approach is mm-hmm. I hope that people take away and it, and it's super important to me over the last few years is ghosts where people once to just saying yeah. that in your head, saying that in your head and being conscious of that can really change things uh, for the better. Like you're saying, you know, Dave's approach it, it sounds similar to mine, you know, where it's, you know, being respectful and, and helping to get their story out. Cause they're, they're people, they were people once too, right. Just like you and me. Yeah we want to be heard as people, as individuals, you know, there, whether we like to admit it or not, we like to be heard. And so if you have that same thinking with, you know, on the spirit side of things, I think they really grasp gravitate towards that. Um, so you were saying that the spirits are where people at one point, just like, just like we are. So we need to, to obviously keep that in mind, keep the same level of respect at heart. Yeah. And, and give them the opportunity to be heard. Yeah. That's really important. Now, when you do your investigations, um, what do you do to protect yourself? Or when you do your mediumship, which I know we still need to get into, I have questions on that too. Do you have any, um, like protection prayers or rituals, or do you sage yourself? Like, what do you do to keep yourself protected from anything that's negative and might want to harm you well it's going to sound bad but i don't really do anything okay. i just kind of i just kind of go with it and if i'm starting to feel something pretty heavy that maybe it's going to be a little too intense for me um then i'll kind of like um be a little more guarded i guess mm-hmm. um and if i need to shut things down i just I just imagine I've got this big vault door for my abdomen. And if I need to shut off, I just visualize this big vault door shutting. And then it's. Oh, interesting. Then I'm good to go. But I really don't do much for protection. Uh, You know, I probably should, but I kind of want to feel whatever's, whatever's going to come through. Um, you know, if I've heard some things about a location, then, you know, maybe I'll be a little more guarded, but if I'm doing psychic investigation, I don't want to know anything. And so I don't go in with any sort of protection because I want to see what comes through. Uh I, I never sage. Um, I am not an expert at all on using it. So it's not something I do just because I, I don't know, but I, I will use Palo Santo yep. when I'm, when I'm doing readings, um, cause it just makes me feel good and brings good energy around. Um, yeah. but I don't, I don't sage. I mean, my impression of it is it's more like, well, you're forcing something out or you're putting a sock in its mouth. And so I just don't, I just don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but if I use anything, it'd be Palo Santo. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I go in as open as, as I can be. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now you had mentioned earlier, um, you believe that the native American warrior that you saw at age seven uh-huh. is, is around you now and was part of your um, 
I guess your spiritual awakening regarding yeah. your mediumship. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, that particular guy is is gone. I think he was there to just be in my life until it was the right time to facilitate an awakening. And that's what he was there for. Yep. Um, but uh, he he had a horse. And so his horse is still with me. Um, and the horse is kind of like my first and like still a uh, place to go to um, when I'm trying to, you know, get you know, clear-minded or getting ready for a reading, I, I, I go visit this horse and, and I'll hop on him sometimes and he takes me where I need to go. <laughs> so that's so interesting. Yeah. But this, this, um, native guy, so I never got his name. Mm -hmm. Um, I could never get his name, but when it first came through and I realized what was going on was during my first ever psychic reading, uh, with my good friend Seth Michael, and I decided, what the heck? I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a reading. You know, I was pretty skeptical of psychics before this point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was pretty skeptical of it, but open to see what would happen. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you know, all right, I'll do this reading. And when we sat down, I, I'd never met Seth before. Okay, <laughs> it was the first time meeting him. It was at the Oregon Ghost Conference. Uh, I was in Oregon City, Oregon at the time, which is a really old town. It's a cool place. Um, and so we sit down and I don't know what to expect. And and he says, well, I think you're going to do your own reading. And I'm thinking, what? Okay, is this, <laughs> is this how it goes? And yeah. so he say, well, give me a second. And he wrote a bunch of stuff down on his notepad. And then he goes, okay, so there's, you know, there's people here and one of them wants you to do this and not me and because you know do you even know what's going on around you and i'm like well no and he said all right so close your eyes and and what do you see and so i was seeing this this horse and so he said well can you describe the horse and so i described the horse and what it looked like and it was a tan and white appaloosa style horse mm -hmm. and um and then I was seeing this man. And so I described this Native American man, you know, he had the long, long hair, didn't have a shirt on, had like a, you know, it wasn't like a loincloth, but it was more than that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like pants. Sure. Um, and just like, you know, you know, the guy had, I described his face, you know, and everything. Well, then he showed me his notepad because he was not, he didn't write the whole time I was talking. And so then he showed me his notepad and it was like the description of the horse was exactly what I said, the Native American man. And then my stomach was like going, oh, no, <laughs> what did I get myself into? What, what is going on here? <laughs> and the other, uh, you know, so it was a great reading. Um, I had a grandparent come through. Um, there was a crow that came. We were sitting by this window and this crow came and landed in this bush like right outside the window was just staring at me for a while like real close um and so anyways uh, seth says well this this guy this native american guy he's he won't tell me his name he wants you to get his learn his name okay um and then and, and i just couldn't quite get it um what it was and 
so we finished the reading and Seth tells me, well, within a year, I see that you're going to be doing your own readings professionally. And I'm like, what? You know, like before this, I was fairly skeptical, like I said, of, of psychics. And so I'm like, what? This is just weird, right? So I'm feeling weird. I've got butterflies. Like I had like a million butterflies running through me for like the next week. Yeah. And so we get done with the reading and then Seth says, oh my gosh. I made this and I didn't know why, but now I know why. So he had brought all these little clay sculptures that he had made to sell at the, at the ghost conference. And he brings over this one and it's a native American man reaching his hand out. And he said he had called this piece breaking through and he didn't know why he made it, but that's what he saw. And that's what he made. And so it, it was for me. It was for you. And it was just crazy. Yeah. Um, and then after that, soon after that, the same day, the name Choctaw pops in my head and it was really like, boom, this, there's a name. And so I was like Choctaw. And I was like, I didn't quite remember that it was a tribe. It was a tribe, you know, the Choctaw tribe. Uh -huh. um, but I just, I go, Oh, that's the name. That's gotta be the name that was supposed to come through. Right. And then um, the conference ends, I go home. My wife's like, what happened to you? Wait, what's going on? You know, <laughs> I'm feeling all kinds of crazy emotions and I'm just, you know, like whoa, really distracted. Can't think straight. And yeah, I, um, I understand yeah, the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I had decided to look, I didn't know my biological father and I knew who he was and everything. I just, he wasn't a part of my life at all and left before I was born sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided I was going to do one last search for him. And so then I hopped on Facebook and because I had been in Oregon city and made connections on Facebook down there, my dad was in Oregon. So he actually popped up when I searched his name and I was like, Oh, this is, um, or my, I found my half sister. I knew I had, um, I knew I had a half sister all my life. Um, but never met her. So I tried to look her up. She pops up and then sure enough, there's my dad on her friends list. So I get, I got a hold of her first uh -huh. and she's like, I knew it. I knew there was another boy out there. <laughs> and, and so she says, well, I'm going over to his house right now. I'm going to put you on the phone with your dad. And I'm like thinking, Whoa, you know, this is all crazy. I'm really nervous. And yeah, that's a lot. And so then she pulls up, she says, oh, your brother's out here. Let me, um, let me put you on the phone with him. I'll go in and get, get our dad. Well, it's a half brother that I didn't know I had. And so she puts me on the phone with him and we're like, Hey, <laughs> Hey, you know, yeah. it's like really awkward, you know? Yeah. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm not trying to get anything from anybody, but I think your dad might be my dad. And I just want to know where I come from. Yep. And first thing he says is, well, let me tell you, you're Choctaw. And then I about fell out of my chair. I about what? fell over. Yeah. And, and I was just like, what? And he goes, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're uh, you know, from Choctaw and part of the Redbone people. And, and I was just blown away. And, um, things just went from there and I was launched into mediumship. It was crazy. That's a wild story. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's oh, I wow. love it. It's I'm glad that things happened the way it did. Yeah, and you can't make these things up. Like it's yeah. <laughs> how how would your half brother had known that was the name you were getting? That is so interesting. I love that so much. Yeah, it was literally like the first things we said to each other. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, I'm not trying to get get anything just want to learn where i'm from well let me tell you you're choctaw and oh. you know part choctaw and i'm like oh my god this is intense he had no idea how much that sentence would mean to you and how much it would change your life yeah exactly it was yeah it's just a really cool thing and i do want to mention real quick going back i think you had a great movie idea going there for a second when you were talking about the stanley hotel and dumb and dumber yeah Think about those guys spending a couple nights in the Stanley Hotel. <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, if you can get me in touch with Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey, yeah. you can be part of the project. I promise. Yeah. When you were talking about that, I was like, that would be a cool movie. <laughs> that would be a cool movie. I like that. Okay. Well, make sure you get credit and we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's funny. Now. Okay. So how long have you been doing mediumship now? I guess it's, let's see, um, professionally nine years. Yeah, nine years now. Okay, so that's a lot of mediumship time. What do you think is your favorite part of mediumship? Um, helping people. I don't know. Um, when people have that visceral connection during a reading, yeah. When someone's coming through and it's almost like the sitter, the client uh, is connected to. And for someone to have a visceral reaction to what's going on and being open to it and receiving whatever message is coming through or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, that's really cool to see that, mm -hmm. to know that someone had that impactful experience that it's the validations that too yeah I, I i really like to see when people have that experience and then moving forward they know how to recognize when they feel a certain way that yeah. something is there that something is connecting with them and i think that's one of the coolest parts about it um it's all still so mysterious and will always be you know, what's going on on the other side. At least that's probably my perception of it, I guess, but it's, it's very mysterious. And, and like, I feel like we should never, ever try and stop learning. Um, right. Yeah. And, you know, which gives you endless ways to go in this. That's another cool part is you can, there's so many different. There's so much to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So much to learn, so much to experience. And yeah, you know, I, nine years to me isn't a long time with it. Um, you know, a lot of people that I consider mentors or people I've worked with a lot, they've been doing it for like 30 years, you know, mm -hmm. 30 plus years. And it's just, you know, I don't want to get old, I guess, but I want to uh, get that, those years of experience and in perception to it all i look forward to gaining that i guess yeah you'll get there you'll absolutely get there if only we could stay young forever though <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it 
So now this podcast focuses on the positive side of the paranormal and the supernatural. I, um, I'm just a quick backstory. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I was really frustrated one day of all the negative things that I see in mainstream media regarding paranormal and supernatural. And I'm like, no, it's not always like that. Yes, of course. Sometimes there's negative entities or demons or what have you, but there's so many beautiful things that mm-hmm. like mainstream media just doesn't want to talk about for whatever reason. And so that is what propelled this podcast. So I was wondering if you could share one or two positive stories that you've experienced um, with the paranormal, supernatural, maybe your spirit guides, your angels, whatever you're comfortable with sharing. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, How long do we have? No. (laughs) Um, Well, so something that's positive. Um, Let's see. There's just, I don't know, there's just so, so many. um, Well, I guess one really cool story, and and it's something that uh there's a part of it that some people might be like "Eh," (laughs) because it's not something that i normally do and and professional mediums don't do but i was standing in line at a restaurant waiting to get i had called ahead and i was getting takeout and Mm -hmm. and i was standing in line and I just was getting this overwhelming feeling someone was there standing behind me and there was going to be some messages. And then I kept physically feel like I was getting pushed towards the person in front of me. Yeah. Cause I, I, the, I'd never approached anybody in public before. Like, Hey, blah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> you there's, know? there's ethics there and there's boundaries. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I just hadn't ever done that but I, the push was so strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was physically getting pushed towards this person and this, this woman in front of me and like physically move, falling forward and getting pushed. And so I just was like, all right, all right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I took the leap and I, I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, I said, ma'am, uh, my name's Pete. And, um, I've got a really strange thing going on here. <laughs> and she, she, she says, Oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I won't say her name. Yeah. And, and she's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I think that there is a spirit here that is wanting to say something to you. She goes, Oh my gosh, really? Mm-hmm. And um, so we decided to st- to sit at this booth for a second and, and talk while we waited for food. And, and I said, do you know a John? And I I said, well, first I said, you know, I'm a medium. I'm, I'm newer at all this. I don't quite know how it all works, but I'm really feeling like I'm getting pushed to say something to you specifically you. And she's like, okay. And, and I said, do you know a John? And she just, froze up and kind of started to, to tear up mm-hmm. in a in a good way and she, yes and then I started 
um, seeing like this garden that they had done and all the little details in the garden and what little trinkets they had decorating their garden. And so I was giving all this to her and, and her thing, you know, the message that he wanted to get through was that she should take this opportunity that was presented to her with her work and that it was going to be a big move. And she was really doubting doing it. Mm -hmm. And when I said all that, she just, you know, was fully having that experience. Well, yeah. and then, <laughs> so I, I did this for a few minutes for, gave the message and then, you know, the message was delivered and then he kind of stepped away and, and she goes, God, this place is just a weird town. <laughs> and we kind of laughed, you know, she goes, I've been here for six months. John was my husband that just passed within the last year. Yeah. And um oops. And we we did have this garden. You got all the pieces for it. Um you know, all the decoration sort of things and her job thing was that she had just moved from Alaska down to our area and was in the medical field and but was give, given an opportunity to move to California for a, for this other job and she was thinking about doing it but really not confident about it and so she that gave her the, what she needed to be able to make the yeah. decision and she was so thankful and and it was so impactful for her and, but we had to have a laugh about it um you know that got, you know when she said this town is just so weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's um, a really beautiful story i love that but, you know, I hated, you know, tapping her on the shoulder, but I just, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It just felt like, no, do it. You've got to do this. She needs this. You've got to do this. I have yeah. to get this message through to her. Yeah. And, and luckily she was open <laughs> to the experience. So that was, that was a really cool one. Um, I've got a really funny one that I can share that's it's positive and everybody had a great, sure. great time with. I was doing a gallery reading a um, number of years ago and it was at our local mall, which I thought was weird that I was going to be doing that. But it was <laughs> they were doing like weekly events in the in our you know local mall here. Mm -hmm. And so they had me come down and do a gallery reading. And people would stop, you know, as they're walking by, they stop for a minute and then they get up and walk on. But some people stayed for, for the whole thing. And, yep. and so it wasn't like a huge gallery reading, but I was getting, getting at least something for everybody that was sitting there. That's important. And yeah. And so this one, this one lady I was picking up on, I think it was her dad that was coming through and um, I got all these validation points. You know, his, I got a, I got his name. I got, well, I got his, um, yeah, I got his name. I got his height. I got what he looked like. I got where he had scars. I got where he grew up, you know, all these things in his, and she's like, yep, yep, yep. Um, well, I did, excuse me. I didn't get the name first. I started, I was getting all these other things, right. His description down to a T and what happened to him in his life. Yeah. And, and she's like, yep, 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 yep. And then I said, I said, his name is Felicino and I spelled it and you know, how I saw it. And she goes, 
you're all wrong. You're t- you're all wrong about everything. It it was Filicino was his name. I just missed. I had the spelling correct. I just didn't know how to pronounce it. But it was so funny. Yeah. Everybody, we had such a big laugh that yeah. she was like, "Yep, yep, yep, yep." And then when I mispronounced the name with the you're same wrong. spelling, <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Oh, you're wrong." Everything. <laughs> yeah. That was a that was a fun one. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, and I've I've learned that spirit works in in very interesting ways. And one right. going back to when you were standing in line waiting for your your food order. I've from my experience, it's like yes, there's ethics, there's boundaries. You can't just walk up to any person and say, "Hey, I got a message from a past loved one," because we don't know if they want the message. We don't know yeah. what the relationship was like. Yeah exactly we don't always know how soon they passed uh, how you know raw it is for the person that's still here and so there's a lot of boundaries but i think and what i've done with spirit too is because I've, I've been pushed by spirit to connect with fortunately for me it's been people that i know and so i've really i've sat on it for a few days and when it's like three days in a row then i'm like okay fine i'll talk to my friend and i'll say something <laughs> yeah um so I can certainly understand your hesitation when it, when it's in a public setting and it's a complete stranger, but I also yeah. think that because you're pushed so strongly by John to do this for his wife, um, you know, those sorts of circumstances I feel like are allowed are, especially when you were, you were kind enough to say, Hey, my name's Pete. I'm a medium. I'm still learning. I'm kind of new at this. I have a message. Would you like to receive it? So you kind of, you know, you still give them the option to say no, if they want nothing to do with it. Uh, But that I, oh gosh, I just find that to be such a beautiful story. And then also your other story about mispronouncing the person's name. (laughs) I, I, and I've had this too, where, um, you give all the validations and the person that you're reading for validates everything. And then you get this one thing not quite right. And I tell people all the time, it might not make sense today, but it will make sense later at some point, <laughs> yeah. um, which is very common too. And I receive messages and emails all the time. Oh, you said this and it didn't make sense at the time, but then it can absolutely make sense later. Or yeah. the situation where you maybe just pronounce something, <laughs> um, but it's still spot on. It's just the pronunciation was a little bit off. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's cool when that happens no matter no matter what yeah i love it yeah and yeah you never know what's what's going to quite happen i've uh i i tell people in readings now up front about i always tell people you know before we start there's no guarantee anything's going to come through but as what i do is i'm supposed to give it my best shot so i will and you know that there's that there's just no guarantee but then i also say you know about half my readings people leave going what the heck was that you know because i give people homework you know you got to go find yeah. this particular photograph you got to find this yes. particular item and that sort of thing so yeah. working more as an evidential medium is mm-hmm. kind of how it's gone for me so i just i'm upfront about it with people now like well you a lot of it might not make sense right now, but we're, you know, if I do a remote reading, we'll record it. So they have reference, they can go back and, yeah, you know, or I just have them take notes and, and uh, it's always fun to get that email two weeks later 
oh my gosh, yep. I talked to so-and-so, I asked so-and-so, and holy crap, here's this box full of everything you described in it. Yeah. And that it's supposed to be brought out and dusted off. And, you know, it's, I love that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And I always remind them it's not, I'm just the messenger. I tell people all the time, I'm basically like your mailman or your Amazon guy. I don't write the letters. I don't send the messages. I just deliver them to you. Yeah. So yeah, spirit definitely has interesting ways to find people like us who can deliver the messages um, or somehow give us the information so that we can give it to the client and they, yeah. it either makes sense that day or it'll make sense later. Right. I love but, it so much. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. It's really, it, it really is a gift. I feel like it can be a burden at times, but it really is a gift. And I just hope more and more people are be, become open to it more and more there's there's kind of a a big awakening going on right now i think yeah out in society and so i hope that that continues because that will only i think make everybody stronger including people doing me mediumship for people yeah uh, i think it'll make us stronger it makes the connection stronger when people are open-minded and they're open to receiving messages you know what i mean like you're That's very true wh whoever you're reading for like if they're open to it and relax like it's easier things can come through easier rather than them being nervous yes. or skeptical and so yes I I have a, a client so I'm in Minnesota I have a client in California and I I can't even tell you how easy it is to read for her because she is so open and everything is just That's spot cool. on <laughs> and and it and it and I love reading for every sort, or I guess every level of skepticism or every level of however open a person is. Um, she just happens to be someone who's very easy to read for. I recently, just a quick story. Um, I recently gave a, I do virtual group readings once every month or two months and, and I donate to charity. And um, this woman <laughs> was in a group reading. I didn't know who she was, first time client. Uh, which I love. And, you know, like you, I love going into readings, not knowing anything about a person as much as possible. Um, and she was very skeptical and it was an hour and a half virtual group reading skeptical the whole way through. I'd give her stuff. Nope, nope, nope. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm just, my job is to give you things and that's what I'm doing and totally fine. And, you know, if someone's skeptical, I respect that. I understand yeah. people she yeah. just maybe didn't have her evidence yet. She didn't have that moment yet. And so right. she um, was connecting with a loved one who had passed and, um, and she had said, can you give me a word, a name? Can, can he, the person that passed, give me a word, a name or a picture? And all of a sudden he hands me a birthday cake. And I said, he's giving you a birthday cake. Is your birthday coming up? She said, today's my birthday. And it was just like, there you have it. And I, and I told her in the moment, I said, if you need any more proof that there is life after death, I cannot help you. <laughs> this, is, this is that moment. <laughs> so yeah. it's, um, I, I guess I kind of lost my train of thought there, but my point is, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. There's definitely a spiritual awakening happening. The more open people can be, the easier it will be for Pete, for the messages to come through. And one thing Pete that I tell people all the time is you don't need me 
to talk to your loved ones. You can talk to your loved one that passed anytime you want. You might need a medium, whether it's me or someone else that's qualified, as long as there's qualified, they're qualified Mm -hmm. um, to receive a message in return, but they also will communicate to us many different ways. We just have to be open and patient and And be able to recognize. Yeah. I talk a a lot about that on the, on this podcast too. So, um, so cool. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. Gosh, I love it. I, you know, someone asked me recently, what do you do for fun? I was like, Oh, um, there's a lot of ways you can answer that question. (laughs) This is what I do for fun. I love it so much. I talk to dead people (laughs) and it's super cool and it's super fun and people think I'm weird and that's okay too. Yeah. Um, so Pete, you have a lot going on. Tell people how they can follow you on social media, your website. How can they find you if they want a psychic reading or if they're in your mm-hmm. area and they want to join you for an investigation? Oh, awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, if you go to, if you're watching here, portgambleparanormal.com, it's on my hat here. Um, but yeah, portgambleparanormal.com, you can find, um, upcoming tour dates and investigation dates, things like that. And you can get tickets from there. I've also posted evidence captured here. Um, a lot of it from tours and public investigations. And so you can check out evidence and, um, but everything's at portgambleparanormal.com. I'm not that great on social media, but my, um, my podcast show is called the paranormal Pete show, uh, which I'm going to be having you on soon. Looking forward yes. to that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be having you on the show and, and thank you for doing that. Um, and that's facebook.com forward slash paranormal Pete show. Um, and you can find me there or you can look up um, portgamble.paranormal on Facebook. Um, and yeah, hopefully you can check out the show and, and I usually talk about on my show every week what I got coming up. Um, so I do a lot of that. And then if you like music, check out my band, Steady Rock Cosmonaut. Um, it's pretty much everywhere you can stream music, you can find us or go to steadyrockcosmonaut.com. So I do music too, which is a, a big part of the spiritual stuff I do. You're a busy guy. And I'll make sure to throw all of that in the show notes too. So people have easy access to cool. how, how they can find you. Well, thank Pete, you. I'm going to ask you to, to hang tight for a minute, but thank you so much for joining me today. I'm sorry for the technical difficulties. I did no have worries. Comcast out here like six weeks ago, and it's still obviously a problem. So no I need worries. To get back out here. So I really appreciate your time. It's been so much fun talking with you today. And thank you so much. It's an honor to be on the show. And I look forward to talking with you more and more as time goes on. A big thank you to Pete Orbe for joining me today, Paranormal Pete in Fort, I'm sorry, in Port Gamble, Washington. He's such a nice guy. We actually just got done talking for another 20 minutes. Unfortunately, it wasn't recorded. Um, He did mention that I will be a guest on his Paranormal Pete show, which is live. So by the time this episode airs, my interview with Pete will already have taken place. So I will be sure to share that also in the show notes so that if you're interested in listening to my conversation with Paranormal Pete, I'll have that posted. Um, and you can absolutely go back and listen to other episodes or other interviews that he's done with other people in this field. He's really nice guy, really down to earth. And um, I told him that if he's ever in Minnesota to look me up. So thank you so much for listening today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving a review. 
not only does it tell us how well we're doing, um, it also allows other people to find our podcast. And um, you, I've had such great feedback from listeners. I have listeners all over the United States, which means so much to me. And everyone's been so kind and sharing the podcast with friends and family. So I hope you know that from the bottom of my heart, it means a lot. I don't get paid for this podcast. I do it for free. It's time away from my family, but it's definitely a passion project that I have. And it means so much to me that you listen and that you're sharing it with others. So thank you so much. Real quick, let me tell you about an event I have coming up via Zoom. It's on Wednesday, August 30th. It's Mediumship Q&A Fundraiser. So what does that mean? I'm hosting a fundraiser. We'll talk about mediumship. We'll talk about the healing effects that a mediumship reading can have for you and have for your loved ones on the other side. I'll answer your mediumship questions. I'll even talk about how you can best prepare for a mediumship or a psychic reading. What can you do on your end to make sure that you have the most optimal reading possible. We'll talk about it all on Wednesday, August 30th. It starts at 8 p.m. Central Time. It's via Zoom. The cost is $25 and 100% of the profits from this event will go to Aloha United Way to help the victims of the Maui wildfires. To sign up, email info at junehessler.com.